everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my best buddy out there, Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, I'm back from another vacation, just in time for Volley. Man of leisure, yes. So you were in Colorado this week, huh? I was in Colorado, caught a show at Red Rocks, and just hung out for a couple of days. Good for you. That's a great venue. Yeah, it was. I saw the Grateful Dead there for three nights in 1987. (laughs) I'm sure you did. I saw your your favorite band, Dark Star Orchestra, is going to be there in a couple months. Yeah, yeah, they're playing uh, here in New Hampshire this weekend. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I know they're at Red Rocks, but, yeah, great place. Well, good for you to get away for a little bit before we have our big event coming up uh, the week after next. Yeah, it was kind of the uh, last-ditch effort to to catch a breather before we, we jump into that. Yep. No, it should be good, though. I'm looking forward to heading out to ChannelCon. We've discussed already on a, on a previous volley, but we are now, the time is upon us, um, and uh, I think it's going to be a good one. It will. It will. And uh, one of the things that will happen at ChannelCon that we didn't talk about last time is we'll be launching the next episode of our CompTIA World magazine. Uh, And we wanted to give a little preview of that on Volley today. And to help us with that, we have invited back to Volley Nancy Hammervick, who is the executive vice president here at CompTIA in charge of membership. Uh, And she oversees the magazine as well. And ChannelCon is her event that she gets to share with our membership. So Nancy, it's kind of prime time for you right now, right? Yeah, it certainly is. We're definitely in the throes of last minute prep, getting ready for the big event. It's going to be an awesome event. I was just reviewing the agenda and it's jam packed with so many individuals, thought leaders, bringing a lot of uh, insight to our members and then also a tremendous amount of educational sessions covering everything from basics of managed services all the way to some of our advancing emerging technologies. And we have Shaq, no pun intended, but he's the big draw. (laughs) I was going to say, you can't leave out that little tidbit. No, he's, he's definitely a big draw. He's all over the place. Um, he's had quite a post-basketball life, that's for sure. So I'm really interested to hear his keynote. Yeah, he's become quite a businessman, also in technology, um, being one of the early investors of Nest and a lot of the new solutions that Nest is doing as well. So yeah, it'll be very interesting to talk to him. Great. Yeah, very cool. So I come from a media background, you know, Nancy, so I'm I'm particularly interested in our magazine, and I think you all have done a great job with it. Um, We launched this, what, has it been a couple years now, or or more than that? Yeah, this is our third year. This will be our sixth issue. We uh, come out with two issues a year. That's right. So, um, and this one I think is particularly interesting um, because a it's it circles around the ChannelCon timeframe, um, but also you've got a really um, interesting deep dive on uh, technology for good. And I, I think Seth and I have talked a lot about big bad tech a little bit on on Volley because there've been so many negative headlines and and negative stories and data breaches and and just privacy issues and things that um, have really captured the public's attention over the last year or so and and are worthy of discussion and worthy of debate. Um, But I think what gets overlooked sometimes is the the potential for uh, newer technologies to really do some good things on this planet. And uh, and we address that in this issue of the magazine. I was hoping you could talk to us a little bit about that theme. 
That's exactly right, Carolyn. You know, we've been hearing that tech's been getting a little bit of a bad rap um, the past few years when we're looking at issues like data breaches, but also the fear of losing jobs and privacy concerns and big brother. And the more that we advance into the future world of tech, the more that um, the general public seems to um, fear um, the unknown that that tech might bring in changing our world. So we really wanted to focus as a theme on tech for good and highlight all of the things that technology is doing to improve lives and literally change the world. So the issue is full of use cases and examples from a lot of our members and other leading companies that are harnessing the power of IoT and big data and AI to bring really important changes to our worlds in banking. Um, and preventing financial fraud and healthcare, where we have robotics and AI performing surgeries better than a surgeon could, and how we're bringing uh, some issues into a very powerful network of intelligence to solve global issues, um, bringing and changing the water supply in South Africa um, for crops and for individuals. So. The uh, magazine is full of specific examples of um, how tech is improving our world. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading some of those. And um, it, it made me think about the positioning that we are struggling with a little bit here. I, I can remember saying several years ago that I felt like the technology industry was going to need a really good PR firm because you can imagine that when we're talking about connected devices and if something goes wrong, uh, in terms of public safety or with somebody's health, that type of thing is going to make headlines. But that headline might miss the fact that there's been enormous benefit on the other side by introducing these these devices. And so there's a lot of great examples in there of what companies are doing. And, and sometimes those could just fit into business operations for you know the end user uh, if they're managing their fleet or something like that and and what I was thinking was you know these companies that are providing these solutions really need to um, you know take that next step and really push the fact of you know what they're doing is is good and um, and probably our communities are a good place to do that and, and CompTIA itself is a is a good place to kind of amplify that message and help collect these stories of good things that are happening and push those out there to kind of balance a lot of the negative headlines. Do you see it that way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's two ways of looking at tech for good. Um, and it actually can mean good for business as well. It doesn't just mean um, good for society and improving lives. It can actually also improve the bottom line and create business opportunities. But mm -hmm. we can look at examples of tech for good in businesses, as you're saying, and Seth, just in the back office operations, right? And uh, being more efficient and eliminating waste. And um, I know people fear jobs, but it's also creating jobs. We have a member, Smith AI, that has a virtual assistant or remote receptionist solution where he is empowering individuals to work as a receptionist for a small business anywhere in the world. So for a lot of military spouses that may need to move around a lot or be in a remote area where they can't necessarily find long-term employment that would suit their needs, um, through this solution that Smith AI is doing, they can be a virtual receptionist for a small business anywhere in the States and keep that job continuously. And he's employing thousands of folks that were remote and otherwise couldn't get a job. But then we're also looking at the larger implications 
dimensions of tech for good um, and how it's changing the world. We highlight Cisco's Connected North initiative um, where they are bringing education to the indigenous in the northern Yukon territories um, um, up in Canada and making it an even playing field that they're getting the same type of education through uh, a virtual classroom experience that folks are getting in the southern territories of Canada. And I wanted to touch on something you had mentioned, um, one of the issues that folks are seeing with technology is that fear of, especially as AI replaces um, human capabilities with machine decisions that there's these glitches, right? And there could be, and we're kind of turning our hands over into the fate of um, robotics and uh, AI. I heard a very interesting statistic just this week at a conference that 1.25 million people die in a car crash um, every year, um, which is very sobering, more than a million people. 75% of them are caused by either um, being intoxicated or under the influence driving or by being distracted, whether it's texting or on the phone. Um, so I know folks are nervous about turning things over to driverless cars and automated cars, but um, a lot of that user error would also be taken out of it, right? So we also have to see the other side of it, that humans make errors and mistakes too, right? Um, I read something you wrote, uh, Seth, as I was um, preparing for Channel Con and uh, for this call, that AI and some of these future technologies are changing the way that we are used to working with software. It's usually that we have some very direct input and then we have a very specific and direct output. But with AI, it's like aggregating a whole bunch of data that goes into making a decision. Mm -hmm. And the computer is making a probable decision, right? So it's almost like an educated guess. And um, I think that just even speaks more to the need for that human interaction that stays in the process to understand the process that's happening across the platform and the system and that we have the ultimate control, right, and management of that system. But world's unknown, but I, I come from the place that I feel so much more good can come from it um, when I've been doing so much reading about how AI is saving lives in domestic violence situations, right? Where they can have devices in the home that can immediately um, contact help and get folks that need the help, the right help, or um, helping with our law enforcement. I was at a conference uh, this week in Toronto, actually just on Wednesday, um, CompTIA partnered with Benchmark to do a kind of tell your stories event for women in tech. And we met a 15 year old girl who not only invented the first white cane for the blind um, and she shared how we've had the white cane for the blind for 75 years and there's never been one advancement to it with all the technology that we have and she implemented a lot smart technologies in the cane so that it it literally is opening up a new world to the blind where they have a better understanding of their environment and how to interact with it and it's also equipped with immediate connections for help right like right through their cane but in doing the studies for that and analyzing all the data, she came up with a new solution that's now being brought to market in healthcare that will predict the traumatic fall of an elderly person three weeks before it happens. Whoa. Just, I know, just studying their gait and their center of balance. 
that continues to deteriorate to a point that there will be a certain fall and they catch it where they're monitoring the gait and the balance to stop a fall and put that person in a wheelchair um, before they have a traumatic fall, which is just um, phenomenal, right? So lots of ethical questions to talk about, I'm sure, but I'm a lot more excited about how we can save lives, right? And uh, improve lives. Well, I think what this speaks to is, you know, you get the fear of the worker displacement. Um, I, I see this as an opportunity to create a whole bunch of different jobs. Like you, you're describing all these technologies, the AI and the cane and, the, and, and being able to do predictive analysis on whether somebody's going to fall. But somebody needs to manage all of that. What this does is it takes a hum, the human role in all of this elevates to the oversight and management level. Uh, and th there'll be a whole set of new jobs around that. I agree. And we have to start now. I mean, we have to understand this is the future. And before we continuing, we're continuing to train people on some of these jobs that we understand can be replaced with technology um, and automation. Um, let's start moving in that direction now. And Comte is doing a lot of that with our certification programs as well. And, and one thing I was going to mention there, Nancy, as you were talking, and especially when you mentioned the, the research that went into this, this cane and some of the things that they found there is as you're looking at these companies that are producing these technologies that can do some good, do you see that they have to kind of broaden their scope and understand more of the issues that are out there rather than just saying, here's a solution that we built that's going to do this good thing? Do you see them also getting awareness that they have to understand what the unintended consequences might be or the ripple effects of that solution that they're putting out there? Great question, Seth, and two answers on that. One, most of the companies that are moving forward with sophisticated AI solutions or big data solutions are building their own ethics committees and kind of like a checklist um, that they want to adhere to to make sure that they are representing a core set of values and ethics, right, and not compromising that. Um, we're probably going to need some government intervention. I don't want to say regulation, but um, some best practices, some standards and um you know, I, ideals that we can map to. And I think that there's a certain responsibility there, partly on the individual for the corporation. We're seeing them do that on their own, but we also have to work with governments and our government's a little bit behind on that. So um, with our public sector and advocacy team, we're driving that conversation um, up on Capitol Hill. But the other part of it to what you said, like for the first time, companies are not just building solutions for their own bottom line. It's beyond us, right? It's beyond the product that we're selling or the ROI that we're getting from it or the employees that we hire around it. We're all mapping to a greater good now. And I absolutely think that there is a responsibility to understand these solutions that I'm bringing for a specific audience. What more can they do? How am I having a positive impact on the world um, and a bigger footprint? And I think a lot of companies are understanding that too, which is exciting, right? That we're all thinking a little bit above and beyond ourselves. Yeah, that is very exciting, actually. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Wall Street uh, appreciates that on the more of the uh, the beneficial side of, of corporate America shows shows itself. Yeah. The other thing we wanted to talk about today was we are going to be announcing our next member of the year at ChannelCon in, in another week. Uh, we did, I think it was, was it the first time we did this last year? Um, no, actually, no. Um, this right. is our fourth. This is our fourth member of the year. Yep. We had we had John Tippett on last time, and he we had John, was, actually it was John Tippett, 
then yep. Tracy Pound, then Victor Johnson, Victor. and now we have Angel Pinheiro. Yep, the years just fly by, right, Carolyn? They all <laughs> I go, once I work across the threshold of 50 years old, I don't know what's happening now. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with you. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk a little bit about, about Angel. I know he is um, he's an SVP at uh, Agilent, I believe is the name of the company. That's right. Um, and I know he's very involved with Comtia, obviously, or he wouldn't have this award. Um, what can you tell us about Angel? Oh my gosh! So I am so excited that we're recognizing and honoring Angel. Um, but he is probably the most humble member that we have that never looks for accolades. Um, he even says in the article, um, seeing somebody else do well in this industry and helping somebody else um, achieve great results is his reward. So it'll be interesting. He's uh, really not the person that likes the limelight, but Angel has been a member um, long before any of us even joined CompTIA. And uh, in the very early days was one of the members that helped with the um, building out of our AP plus certification. He has a really interesting story that he uh, talks about. When I was at this event last week, The Power of Your Stories, it really talked about how important it is to be honest and transparent about where you come from so that you can inspire others and be a role model. And I was thinking of Angel, that's Angel. He will say, um, unabashedly and with no shame that you know he grew up in a very poor area of the Bronx his family immigrated from Puerto Rico he had very little means um, when he finished high school he was going to become a car mechanic he actually started um, working in a shop and it wasn't his passion and his wife convinced him to join a six-month um, technical vocational school um, that was being offered and that's how Angel got his start kind of what he says is getting under the hood of computers and he loves that part of it but four years after being a great technician he was offered an opportunity to move into management angel's been at asi for more than 25 years i think he spent his entire career there and now he's the senior vice president of services for asi and manages hundreds of technicians um, but he gives comtia a lot of the credit he joined comtia in the very early days um, worked very closely in building out our certifications and he walks the walk where he's certified 94 percent of agilent's workforce holds comtia certifications eight plus is a mandate to be hired a prerequisite and then you must earn your network plus within three months um, but he does everything to help them and give them the training and the tools to do that um, he went on to lead many of our member communities he was very involved in IT service and support that has become technology lifecycle services I give him so much credit for being one of the first men to join advancing women in technology because he cares very much about the underrepresented in this industry he's a leader with our advancing diversity community and our future leaders. And all this time, he also became an ordained minister. You know, talk about tech for good. Uh, like that yeah, is angel. I was say, this really fits into the theme we're talking I about. Here. I really is. He literally, <laughs> I tell him all the time, he's a literal angel. He really is. One interesting thing about Angel is he's a huge Mets fan, like me. Sorry, Carolyn, but you know. Uh, okay, we beat, the we beat the Yankees 19 to three last night. So well, we have, have that in common that I'm definitely not a Yankee fan either, right? So um, I love to see the Red Sox beat the Yankees. But we are Met fans and Angel has season tickets. We enjoy that part of baseball. and We've been to baseball games together even. As a season ticket holder, 
Tuesday night he had an opportunity to be on the field with photo opportunities with the team members. But he had made a commitment to Teresa Varela on our team that was hosting just a meetup on Long Island for women in tech on Long Island. And she was putting a panel together on diversity. 10, 15 people at this meetup. And she asked Angel to come and sit on the panel to talk about diversity in tech. And he drove 200 miles from Pennsylvania to come to this meetup where we had about 10 people and gave up his uh, big night at City Field um, to do that because he said it was the right thing to do. And that's Angel. Last year, he launched an event called Tech for All. He actually roped Todd Thibodeau and I into it. He voluntold us. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Todd participated and I really helped with a lot of the event management. And he brought 400 kids um, from the Bronx, um, all at risk and underserved, and opened their eyes to uh, opportunities in technology. And he it was interesting his keynote was a little bit more like a sermon it was a mix of angel the technologist and angel the minister where he just empowered these kids to understand they could be anything they wanted to be they didn't need to have college they needed to take advantage of the resources and tools that were available to them he spelled it all out and i know we changed lives there um a lot of kids came with their parents that were very thankful and grateful a lot of them came on their own some were babysitting younger brothers and sisters you know two Two, three, four years old that they brought into the event. And uh, I mean, just where Angel goes, he just makes good happen. So I'm really excited that we're celebrating him um, at this event. And I think Angel's just getting started too. He's been invited by both the Trump administration and the Obama administration to the White House to talk about empowering diversity in tech. He's a very strong voice for everybody. And um, like I said, I think he's just getting started. So I'm excited to be honoring Angel. We'll have a special luncheon for him and I'll be interviewing him on a session that we'll be recording live that we'll be streaming um, from ChannelCon. So if you're not gonna be there, um, you can tune into that and in many of the sessions at ChannelCon. That's fantastic, that's very inspiring. And for yeah. those of you who won't be at ChannelCon, you can read about Angel in, in the CompTIA world is upcoming. They did a great job with him, great photo shoot. The whole the, the package was very nicely done in, in the magazine. Well, New York City is a great backdrop. I think we were in Grand yeah. Central Station. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the to the celebration at ChannelCon. I've I've had a chance to work with Angel just a couple times and, and like you said, Nancy, he's super passionate has his fingers in a lot of things uh, and and is really passionate about getting people into the technology workforce like you were saying with you know this this event that he started up and it just makes me think you know with all the tech for good that we were talking about and all the things that he's doing as we're wrapping up here I was just wondering if you know his thoughts on on this this topic that's been kind of hotly debated with what's going to happen with the workforce in the future you know as we're talking about all these technologies coming in and as Angel and and CompTIA and a lot of people are trying to to train more people you know how does he view what what's going to happen with the workforce and what some of the needs are going to be there Oh my gosh, so Angel is a, a huge supporter um, of the efforts that Comte is doing to build the workforce and fill the pipeline. He understands we need to fill these jobs and there's an opportunity to meet the need from a lot of the students that he works with 
Angel also serves on the um, Board of Education for New York City um, and working with these kids and like letting them know we need you. We have a million open jobs. You can learn these skills in 10 weeks or less and have a very lucrative career. But he's also excited about talking about these new technologies because it wasn't as glamorous um, to get these kids excited about being a programmer, being a coder, being a network administrator. Angel loves to talk about you can be a drone service provider now and the kids eyes just light up you know you can manage robotics you can um, you know for a lot of the girls he gets them really excited about being data scientists right and collecting data and analyzing data and helping people make um, uh, you know sound decisions and and changing lives too angels just a big believer if anything good happens to you like he feels has happened to him in this industry and through his career you have to give it back so as he's talking to these kids and inspiring them to come in and he promises them like these great careers, he's telling them from day one, reach out to those behind you, right? Reach out to your friends, brothers and sisters behind you and pull you in. And he's getting them really excited about all these new technologies that um, are just a lot more fascinating, right? Than some of the uh, core infrastructure technologies we had in the past. So definitely he's uh, meeting the opportunity with more effort um, to get these kids in the pipeline. I love the optimism. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Nancy. This is great insights. I'm really looking forward to our event in a week and seeing Angel and uh, and seeing all the exciting things that we're going to be doing there. And your insights are always welcome. So we're really happy to have you on Bali today. Yeah, I'm always happy to chat with you guys and uh, looking forward to seeing you in Vegas in a week. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll uh, have a chance to say hi to each other as we're all rushing around the event. I know. I know. We'll be saying hi as we run past each other. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you have a good weekend and you rest up a little bit. We're going to need it. All right. Thanks, Thanks Nancy. Good. You too. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.